We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Derek and Cody with you, bringing a preview of the second matchup between the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, we had to bring our friend on to the show, UCF Jaguar. My friend, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Already another Colts matchup. It feels like we just played you guys last week. Yeah, it really does. I mean, and we and the Colts too. I think have the most divisional games already uh, dealt with so far. This will be our fourth divisional game in just the first six weeks of the NFL season. So yeah, this is the earliest rematch of any two teams in the NFL so far. Yep, absolutely. Well, and I mean, again, everyone knows the stakes of this, man. I mean, of course, in, Indy's coming into Jacksonville. Again, hasn't beaten Jacksonville inside of Jacksonville since 2014. All these years, man, all these opportunities where you thought Indianapolis should be winning. But of course, it just just doesn't happen. And that's what we're up against here again. Colts looking to break the curse. But since that first week uh, where you guys faced us and won 31 to 21, how do you feel about Jacksonville since that week one win against Indy. Yeah, you know, it's been weird because a lot of us expected the offense to be like awesome and high shooting and our defenses to be kind of the ones that are lagging behind. But, you know, really the defense has been extremely good. I mean, four out of the five games so far, it's just been really good defensive game planning. And it's not like the Jaguars even have all that many world beaters. I mean, Josh Allen has been playing really good this year in a contract year. Tyson Campbell is a really underrated cornerback. You know, but outside of that, like it feels like the defense coordinator is getting a lot more out of this defense than you know really the personnel should indicate. Uh, but the offense has just been the one that's been weird because you know it was announced this year that Press Taylor Taylor will be the guy calling plays, and you know if for some reason he just wants to run the ball like all the time. It'll be like first and ten run, you know, second and you know eight run, and he's and we're at like third and six, and we're like, what are we doing here? So you know, it's taking a little bit for the offense to get going. Um, but last week against the Buffalo Bills, it finally seemed like there was some good rhythm and some good movement. Now, granted, Trevor Lawrence had a couple of fumbles that cost us, you know, directly cost us some points because it was in, you know, within the red zone or at least close to the red zone. So, but but 
the thing that was frustrating wasn't that the offense wasn't you know doing good it was more so that it's like look we have so many pieces we have trevor lawrence calvin really etn you know evan ingram how are we not like moving the ball better but you know for me you know i think the jaguars switched it out the final where they said look we have trevor lawrence let trevor cook we don't need to be running the ball every time so yeah i mean as long as trevor lawrence that they can get him in a flow early on i mean the offense just moves better but yeah they're still kind of trying to figure out who they are um, but I, I believe in the personnel and offense and they'll, that they'll be able to get going Awesome. Well, out of curiosity, because when we've met in the past, you know, obviously the Indianapolis Colts had a Frank Reich and we're just not able to get it done in Jacksonville. What's your opinion of the Colts this year? Because this is the team that you talk about overachieving. A lot of people have the Colts winning three, four games. And here they sit at three and two, you know, a, you know, tied for the division lead right now. I guess technically you guys have the lead, but same record as the Jaguars with a three and two record. Even with Gardner Minshew in this game, who obviously you guys know extremely well, um, what's your opinion of the Colts this year? I mean, their Colts definitely surprised me. I mean, I definitely didn't expect them to be, you know, three and one in games not against the Jaguars. And um, I think really the main thing is that I think, you know, Shane Steichen appears to be a really good coach. I mean, you know, the way he is able to, I mean, I was really impressed with week one with the way that you know, he called the game for Anthony Richardson. You know, Anthony Richardson was young. He was raw. He had, you know, some stuff that maybe they didn't feel comfortable with him doing yet. But, you know, they called a really good offense for him, and it just felt like it flowed really well. Of course, later in the game when, you know, they were down and, you know, they, Richardson really needed to throw downfield, you know, the Jaguars were able to kind of disguise some stuff and bait him into some, you know, different bad throws. But, you know, overall, I mean, I think Shane Steichen is – you know, the story of the year for the, you know, Colts. Now, it's unfortunate that Richardson got hurt. I mean, I know if you're asking me who I'd rather face on Sunday, whether it be Richardson or Gardner Minshew, I would definitely rather face Gardner Minshew just because I'm known as, like, the biggest Gardner Minshew hater amongst, uh, the like, the Jags fan base. I just, um, I, I fear the things that Anthony Richardson can do uh, versus what Minshew can't do because Anthony Richardson, you know, the Jaguars faced it week three. Like, we were like the the come out party for cj stroud and cj stroud just went there and threw it all over the place and you know anthony richardson has that ability man anthony richardson has the ability to you know have over 100 rushing yards and you know 250 plus passing yards and you know he can slice and dice a team he can make all the runs make all the throws and all that stuff but you know garner Minshew, you know you're a little bit limited when it comes to what he can do as a passer i mean if you're able to you know, condensed a pocket on him because he doesn't really like sticking in that pocket. At least he didn't when he was on the Jaguars. You know, if you can force him to like throw outside the hash marks and and just do stuff like that, you know, you can have a really effective game plan against him. But I, I'm really curious as to what they do this weekend with the running back situation because you just gave JT a lot of money, but Zach Moss just ran crazy last week. So I'll be interested to see how they, you know, figure that out when it comes to running back, you know, carry load. I imagine it probably favor starts to favor Jonathan Taylor a little bit more. Um, and look, the defensive line, you know, with Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, you know, and the whole entire Colts defense under Gus Bradley's system. Um, it can be a tough defense to play against. I know last time, you know, the, the Indianapolis defensive line worked our offensive line and our and the Jaguars offensive line is still, you know, a work in progress and you know, potentially our best offensive linemen might be out on Sunday with Walker Little. So, yeah, I mean, overall, it's really impressive with what the Colts are doing. And, you know, they have a chance this weekend 
you know, going into, you know, after week six, going into week seven, being all alone in first place in the AFC South, you know, not a spot where a lot of people really predict them to be at. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, again, the stakes are high and, you know, this team can write a lot of different narratives. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts, if they were to win on Sunday, definitely would be one of the biggest storylines of the NFL that week for sure. You mentioned it. I mean, talking about the quarterback situation that Indianapolis has right now. I think what you're seeing now, though, is Gardner Minshew getting a little bit more comfortable he came in, he played week two against the Houston Texans because Anthony Richardson went down with that concussion. The stats weren't great, but he did what he had to do to win the game. They were able to score a few points and, you know, all things considered they won. And then he had to start against Baltimore. He had an average game at best, but ended up, you know, getting the job done one way or another. And then this last week against Tennessee, I mean, we saw him come in and then, Gardner had one of the best halves that I think he might have ever had in the history of his career. I mean, he went 11 of 14 for 150 yards and should have had two touchdowns uh, if it weren't for just a few things that didn't go his way. But, I mean, you're seeing Gardner Minshew really dig into the Shane Steichen system now and what he's able to provide. And then you talked about the running backs. Of course, you know, Jonathan Taylor didn't get a lot of snaps last week because he's still coming back. They're not trying to rush him into it. So even this week, I wouldn't even say he's going to get the bulk. I would say he probably gets he probably gets a dozen snaps, maybe a few more than that. But I'd still say Zach Moss is going to end up getting the majority because he's the hot hand right now. It's kind of hard to run away from that, literally. So, I mean, is that your biggest concern about – Indianapolis going forward with this because of the Colts being able to run the ball both with Jonathan and Zach Moss because I mean in years past you guys have shut down our rushing attack even with Jonathan Taylor I mean you go back to that what was it the 2021 season we played you guys in that last game I mean Jonathan Taylor couldn't do anything I mean that that was the year he was having that MVP season and you guys made him look like he was a total uh, terrible running back so how uh, how scared are you of their rushing attack? Like I'm really when it comes to the rushing attack, I'm not. The Jaguars are actually pretty good against the run, so it's not necessarily defensively. That's what I'm worried about. I'm more so worried about not being able to generate pass rush because, you know, Gardner Minshew. He's while he may have his limitations, he's a very smart guy. Like he'll be able to 
probably be a pretty good NFL coach one day. You know, you can kind of see him kind of evolving into that, like, you know, a really good, like, OC or maybe even head coach role just because you can tell the guy is really savvy, you know, in the game of football. So I fear if pass rush isn't able to get there and he's able to kind of distribute the ball around, and that that's really my biggest worry. Uh, when it comes to run game, I'm sure Jaguars going into this game, they're going to be keying in on the run game. That's going to be the thing that they want to take away. So it's going to be up to probably Gardner Minshew, you know, to be able to pass against uh, the secondary for the Jaguars, who's actually been doing um, pretty good. But of course, Jonathan Taylor, if he's playing at his top level, it is hard to stop him. Um, it's just, I don't know what kind of level we're going to be expecting. And I'm not sure if, you know, the Colts are going to be in a situation where, you know, if they find themselves down by, you know, three, seven points, whatever, if they're going to feel comfortable with running the ball a lot as opposed to, you know, trying to air it out and kind of get some, get some, uh, you know, points that way. So, you know, I think it's all about game strip script coming into this game. Yeah, I guess a follow up with that because, you know, the Colts offensive line, it feels like the last couple of years, they kind of were going into a little bit of a decline. You know, some of those top players that they, we were used to, Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, some of those guys, they were really struggling. And it definitely seems like this year, kind of with Shane Steichen, the system he's brought in, the offensive line coach he's brought in. You know, right now, Ryan Kelly's the best graded center in pro football focus. And it seems like the Colts are starting to get their mojo back a little bit. And they do have Bernard Ryman back in this game, who, you know, is a pretty good, pretty solid left tackle. So how do you feel just about, you mentioned the pass rush, but just the trenches of the Indianapolis Colts offensive line, which has been one of the top units in the league, versus, you know, a pretty good Jacksonville defensive line as well. Um, you know, Josh Allen, all those guys, Trayvon Walker, you know, how do you feel about kind of that matchup? Because to me, it definitely seems like it's a strength versus strength kind of game here. Yeah, I mean, I like the, it's just, the defensive line seems kind of inconsistent for the Jaguars. I mean, we're able to stop the run pretty well most weeks outside of that outlier game against Houston where just nothing was going good from offense, defense, and special teams. We just didn't show up that day. But outside of that, with the defensive line, it's like, you know, we either have days where we're getting really good pass rush or, like, no pass rush. I mean, like Josh Allen in two games has recorded three sacks each, and outside of that, zero sacks. Um, you know, Trayvon Walker were kind of, like a lot of frustration with the Jags fan base. And it's like, you know, all Jags fans wanted Aiden Hutchinson and, you know, Trent Balky wants, you know, measurables and, and traits. So he gets this big guy with long arms. And then you see we're struggling getting a pass rush and Aiden Hutchinson's out here leading the NFL in like pressures. So, um, you know, he's Trayvon Walker's had a tough time getting going in the pass rush category, but, you know, he's been pretty good in like run stopping. Uh, but, yeah, with with the Colts offensive line, I mean, yeah, it's, it does feel like they're getting their mojo back. You know, Ryan Kelly, really good center, and um, it's just tough because I don't know which Jaguar defensive line is going to really show up. So it, this one's kind of hard to predict in that manner. Yeah, I mean, again, you go back to what happened in the first game. I mean, Calvin Ridley was basically the star of the show for you guys. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts defensively from a secondary position is a lot different now than what it was week one, both corners for the Indianapolis Colts that played in that game. One is injured and he's not there anymore. And then the other one got benched for the rookie corner that we drafted this year. And Juju Brents by all standards just last week against 
DeAndre Hopkins. He shut him down, had faced up against him seven times, only allowed two receptions for, I think it was 15 yards, you know, was able to really put the clamps down on DeAndre Hopkins. And even in the Baltimore game at his first start ever was, I think they said he was one of the highest graded defensive players in the entire NFL in his first start. So Juju Brents has definitely been a guy that is very much a guy that can get in the face of any corner because, or any wide receiver because, you know, he's six foot two and has that really long wingspan and can run a four three. So, you know, he has all the intangibles to really be, you know, in Calvin Ridley's face. So I think, honestly, I think the Colts might end up doing that a little bit more often this time around versus more of the soft coverage uh, that we saw in week one. And even with soft coverage, we still saw you guys uh, be able to tear us apart on that. I mean, do you still feel confident in Trevor Lawrence's ability to be able to get past the Colts defense? And, you know, I mean, what do you, th- what do you expect going up against new guys in the secondary for the Colts? Oh, I mean, with Trevor Lawrence, I have like all the confidence in the world in him. I mean, I, I truly think like he's an elite quarterback. And I think that's, what we've been doing wrong these first few games is like we're just trying we're trying to like establish the run to like set up the pass and it's like no like when you look at you know the bills with josh allen and and these different teams all of them are starting off they're throwing they're throwing they're throwing you're gonna throw to get a lead and you want to run to seal the game and you know finally we start airing the ball out a little bit against the bills and then next thing you know the jaguars the offensive line has been making many holes, but all of a sudden, since we established the passing game, Travis Etienne gets two rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, with my thing, I continue to air the ball out because not only do I think Trevor Lawrence is a fantastic quarterback, but I think we have some really good ball catchers, man, with with Calvin Ridley, with Evan Ingram, um, with, with Zay Jones, with Christian Kirk. We just have a lot of guys that are really good with the ball in their hands, so... I mean, with Trevor Lawrence, I just continue to air it out. He's been pretty good against Gus Bradley defenses the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, I mean, if I'm the Jags, I just let Trevor air it out, put some, you know, and 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 do his thing because last week, man, he just killed it on third downs. I think he was like um like eleven of eleven third down conversions out of like eighteen. It was just an unreal performance out of him and yeah, I mean, I just keep saying, like, look, you have an elite quarterback, let him cook, and, you know, the run game will come because of the threat of the pass game. Yeah, You mentioned uh, Walker Little potentially being out of this game, did not practice due to knee injury. So my kind of biggest thing, I know, like, the biggest way to slow down some of those elite quarterbacks um, is to get pressure on them early and often. And, you know, Trevor, while he can move, not the most mobile guy in the world, so – how do you feel about, you know, this Colts defensive line who was missing Quiddy Pay a week ago, but he seems to be good to go, was dealing with an injury, but seems like he's back. And the Colts defensive line pretty much at full strength now with Buckner able to play full uh, 100% last week. How do you feel about this matchup for the Jags offensive line versus this Indianapolis D-line that's actually been performing pretty well, all things considered, so far? Yeah, I mean, I worry about it. I mean, in week one, if there was any unit that dominated the Jaguars, it was the Colts' defensive line versus the Jaguars' offensive line. And, you know, we finally, especially with the interior of the offensive line, it has been very good. Um, You know, Brandon Sheriff got injured against the Colts in week one, but he's now, like, fully recovered, I guess. Like, he's not on the injury sheet anymore. 
you know, the second round, the the second year center, Luke Fortner, just hasn't been great. And then, you know, the left guard position was bad to the point where the starter got, you know, benched. And then now we're like, okay, Cam Robinson's back. He's at left tackle. Best player's a left guard now. And then now, you know, Walker Little, I don't know if he'll play on um, Sunday, but all of a sudden he's hurt again. So, you know, the Colts really good on the interior of the defensive line. You know, I continue to do things where I roll out the pocket, where I move Trevor Lawrence around a little bit. You know, I think they want Trevor Lawrence to be like a three, five-step drop-back thrower, but I don't think this offense is kind of allowing him to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm doing situations where we're trying to roll out the pocket and, and just make sure that, you know, the the defensive line of the Colts can't just pin their ears back and know where Trevor Lawrence is going to be. So um, there's ways to kind of mitigate things like that. But, you know, I mean, it could really expose a weakness with the Jaguars when it comes to that matchup. Yeah, and, and also with that, you know, you mentioned the running game. Travis Etienne had a really good day against the Buffalo Bills. Um, one of the things that I was kind of curious about, because you know, the Buffalo Bills, they're not a great run defense, um, and Indianapolis comes in actually pretty good. They were able to do a great job on Derrick Henry a week ago, averaged like three, I think it was 3.3 yards per carry, something like that. They did a great job whenever they had their, their line back to pretty much full strength. So how do you view this game with, you know, Indianapolis, Steve line, with what they're able to do, especially in the interior. And really, I feel like their front seven is really good. It has been really good against the run. Um, how do you think that that matchup is going to go for Jacksonville um, with Indianapolis having kind of a front that can do that and take away the run if need be? Yeah, I mean, I just hope that early on we establish the passing game. I mean, I think this is a great opportunity for the Jaguars to go out there and drop back and try to attack the secondary as opposed to, you know, trying to just stuff ETN with like nowhere to go, really. And um, that's the name of the game here, man. Just uh, I, I just wouldn't force feed ETN too much and, you know, get it to ETN maybe on like screenplays or whatever. But um, yeah, at this moment right now, it feels like the offensive line is like kind of lacking that like intensity and like eagerness to go crush their opponent and um i don't know how well they can just like find that but yeah i just i like i've been saying man to set up the passing game to you know ensure the run game will work well later on another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Switching back to the Colts offense here for a second. I mean, Michael Pittman had, I believe it was what, like, eight catches for like 90 some yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The first time around, is there any wide receiver that you look at for the Indianapolis Colts with Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, who just had his best game last week, almost hit a hundred yards on the day. Do you have any fear of any of these tight ends or wide receivers for the Indianapolis Colts and their resurgence trying to establish some kind of passing game against your secondary? Yeah, I mean, I think Michael Pittman's a really good player. Like, I feel like, you know, he if if he had a little more consistency at quarterback during his Colts career, I think people would view him as a lot more of like a real premier talent. 
you know, but just since the quarterback position and the, you know, coaching staff has been so shaky, you know, he hasn't really been able to showcase his true talents. But yeah, I mean, he has these games where he puts up these points, these stats, and then nobody really even talks about him, you know, the week after. So yeah, it would definitely be Michael Pittman because he's just a mis- mismatch against really most cornerbacks in the NFL. And, you know, he can make some good cornerbacks look bad when it comes to, uh, you know, that the ball is placed correctly. So yeah, I mean, of all the different, you know, playmakers the Colts have, it's definitely, uh, you know, Michael Pittman, I think, is the toughest. Well, the last thing I want to ask you before we kind of get into score predictions here, looking at your guys' special teams, how are you feeling so far about the Jacksonville special teams? And, uh, you know, do you see an advantage in this game or something you guys do well or potentially a weakness that could be exposed in this, in this, uh, in this game? Well, the special teams, I mean, they have a really good special teams unit outside of whatever the heck happened in, like, Houston, where, like, the fullback returned it for a touchdown. Like, we had a field goal block. McManus just, like, missed a kick. And, um, and yeah, it was just really, really bad that day. But overall, Jamal Agnew is a really good punt returner. You know, McManus is a pretty good NFL kicker. And we have a good punter with, like, Logan Cook. So, you know, with the special teams unit, I don't really worry too much about that. Um, so. I think that, you know, with that unit, Brandon, a bunch of them are pretty highly paid. They're paying Jamal Agnew a lot to be punt returner, and they're paying, you know, giving McManus a good amount of money to, you know, be out here kicking kicks. So, yeah, I, I like the special teams unit. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I definitely think in that game, in that game specifically, the first matchup, Jamal Agnew, I think he was a huge, with that huge punt return, like that changed that game because that was a tightly yeah. contested game. And I think that really like swung the momentum in your favor. So Indianapolis, I think, will definitely have to contain him if they hope to win this game. So just wanted to add that in there. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah, I was going to say, the Colts know a thing or two about the Jacksonville special teams unit from that first one. If the Colts do that again, I swear, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to I'm go find whoever the special teams coordinator is, and I'm going to ask him uh, what betting line he had on – uh, this game because I know I know it's gonna be because they're doing it on purpose. I know it for a fact. Don't Agnew's let good, Agnew though. catch the dang ball. Just punt it out of bounds, please. Yeah, and I don't think they were letting them return many that game. And then all of a sudden they gave one to him and he like returned it pretty well. I, I remember that game. I was like, man, these guys do not want Agnew returning punts. <laughs> yeah, you see why it's bad. But awesome. all right. Well, I guess it is that time for this. Uh, the score predictions for this game. UCF Jaguar, we'll let you go first, man. Uh, give us your score prediction for this game coming up. Yeah, I mean, wait, where's this game being played at? Yeah, you know exactly. dang well where it's being played at. <laughs> I mean, I got I to gotta pick the Jaguars to win this one, man. I mean, there's a lot of bad streaks in Jaguars history, and you guys somehow went the whole entire Blake Bortles era without even defeating the Jaguars in Jacksonville. As if you, like, as if you wouldn't pick them, even if they were playing in Indy. So don't try that. Yeah, I probably would. I'd probably still pick the Jaguars. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm high on the Jaguars this year, and I mean, even in Indy, the Jaguars didn't play a very good game and still somehow won by like ten. So I'm a, I'm gonna do something similar, man. I'll say the Jaguars win twenty-seven to seventeen this game. All right, Cody, go ahead. Derek, I seem to remember the one time um, when the Colts were trying to make it in. Jacksonville is what the worst team in the NFL. The Colts just laid an egg, and I remember you saying this. So, and I'm going to hold true to this. I will not pick the Colts to win in Jacksonville until they win in Jacksonville. So, I can't pick the Colts to win as much as I want to believe in it. 
and I probably will hopefully will be looking like a fool in a couple days here, but I can't pick the Colts. I just can't. I just can't do it, even though I really want to. So I'm probably going to go 24 to 20. I think it will be a tight game because that first game was as well. Um, but I think ultimately Jacksonville, all that stuff. And also Jacksonville's 0-2 at home, which is kind of interesting. So, um, But I do think Jacksonville, the I think they are on paper. The Colts, you know? Yeah. Like, except yeah, for, like, I, I obviously think- we won. Obviously we won last week at home, but – I mean, yeah, yeah. going What do you mean we're only two at home? We won two games in London. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, do you think that has it, that's going to carry over at all? I mean, I know you're playing in Jacksonville, and I know that, like, obviously you're going back to the United States, so it makes it a little bit easier rather than shifting six hours uh, ahead of time, rather going back in time. Do you think that has any kind of carryover? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they're – it was a weird theme because, like, I don't know if you guys ever been to Europe, but man, it's uh, I went to Spain one time and it was like a six hour difference. So, like, when it's like 11 o'clock over there, your body feels like it's like five o'clock. So, they got their bodies all adjusted just to come back over all that during the first like quarter of a football season. Yeah. I don't know, it's gonna be tough, but you know, two games in, it's going good. I mean, we'll really figure out, and the Jowers have a quick turnaround because they go from that. To now at home, to all of a sudden they're playing in New Orleans this Thursday night for Thursday night football. So, you know, it's uh, it's a really, really quick turnaround. So I'll be interested to see during that four-game London to Jacksonville to Thursday night in New Orleans stretch, like what what the record turns out to be in that stretch. It is interesting to me that, that Jacksonville, after the two games in London, I thought they would have a bye week, and it was kind of interesting that they didn't. So that was just kind of a weird thing to me. Like I thought, man, you know, two games yeah, they in one did not have a bye week. They had the option to take a bye week, but they didn't want to do it. Yeah, they wanted it more toward the middle of the season. So huh. I, I get that, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I mean, if there's ever a game that Indy could beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville, it's when Jacksonville is acquainted to playing football in the UK, and then sure enough, you know, you end up going all the way back. You know, and it's your first game uh, back in your real home uh, field for the first time in almost a month. So, I mean, no, the, it, t- the time to beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville is when you're playing a two and 14 team. You just need to win to get into the playoffs. And oh. you know what? And that's what I'm saying. And I was going to go there. I'm glad you brought that up because, again, nothing would make me happier than to see Gardner Minshew, where he made a name for himself with you guys, to come into Jacksonville and just take a dump right in the middle of that field on you guys and just smear it all over you and rub it your faces in it. I would love for that. But again, I remind Cody reminds me of it every single week almost where we again saw Indianapolis go into Jacksonville, heavy favorites to win that game. They just had to win and they just had to do it blatantly. And then, sure enough, you had Jacksonville fans showing up like clowns to make fun of your owner, and yet somehow, some way, we let that team destroy us. We let that fan base have that kind of happiness over the fact that they kicked us out of the playoffs. And again, I love what Shane Steichen's done, and I'm grateful for what the Colts are doing right now, but my stance is still the same. I will not pick this team to win in Jacksonville until they finally win in Jacksonville 
It's been too many years. It's been nearly a decade. I can't keep falling for the same trap over and over. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the biggest, uh, I'm gonna be the biggest blunder of everyone in this right here. And I'm, a, I'm probably gonna get trashed for doing it. But I say the, I said the Jags win 31 17. I'm, I'm that, I'm that non-confident. As of this moment, I would love for the Colts to prove me wrong, but until we actually do it, I can't sit here and say I'm confident. Yeah, I like that score. I'm gonna have them in mind. <laughs> there you go, Jags fans. I just gave you, uh, I gave your boy a uh, a reason to switch up his prediction now because the Colts guy said so. So. Yeah, Colts, Colts guy is having uh, horrific memories, and you know he's having flashbacks. Don't even make me re- relive that, okay? That PTSD. that end of that season, that 2021-2022 season, still haunts me in my dreams. That game haunts me. Yeah, I, I can imagine. We I, were I imagine a 16 and a half point too. favorite, and we lost by yeah. 16. Yeah. yeah, probably haunts Carson Wentz the most. <laughs> yeah, just chilling, chilling on his couch, so. thinking about it. You think? Yeah, and his in his uh, different helmet, jersey, short <laughs> oh, combo God. while he practices. Oh boy! <laughs> oh man! Right. I tell you what, well, man that that uh that is just still like uh, it's just crazy to think of like that was only a couple years ago, and now Frank Reich's zero and five. He looks like the worst coach in the league, and Carson Wentz is not even on an NFL team. It's just crazy how that works. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised Reich on another head coaching job. I thought I thought he was like the perfect OC, and not really maybe the best leader. But you know, because I don't know, he just seems like an offensive coordinator personality. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, I'll just say this: I know we're on the last bit here. In some ways, I feel bad for Frank Reich because it's obvious that they drafted the wrong quarterback, uh, and that was the owner's decision, not his. So, of course, the owner shares the majority of majority of the blame for what's going on. But at the same time, I mean, Frank Reich's saying the same thing that we've been hearing that we heard the last two seasons, which was, you know, do this, do that. We're climbing the mountain. We're this close. We're not that, We're not far, that away. far away. I think that the conversations club. between me and the owner are very instructive. They're very good. No, they're not very good. You're getting chewed out. Because you you don't talk with the owner. The coaches do not talk with the owner mid-season like you unless they're getting their ass chewed out. That's just yeah, no, yeah. That's he talks He talks like Gus Bradley did when he was head coach for us. There's too many, like, too many phrases and just, like, way too much coach speak. It's like, dude, like, let me give me, give me something real here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like Absolutely. don't insult the fans and say we're, oh, we're not that far away when you literally are the worst team in football. Like, stop. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't stand it. Absolutely. All right. Well, yep, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Again, shout out to UCF Jaguar for uh, hopping on here and doing this with us. Greatly appreciate you, as always, my guy. Again, we always say good luck, just not too much luck. Uh, We're looking to try to end this streak sooner rather than later. Uh, One of these days, we'll be able to have a video where we can – say that we actually beat you in in your hometown let's hope that uh this time is one of those times but that's gonna do it for this one ladies and gentlemen again leave us your thoughts on this game thank you all so much for tuning in and as always guys go colts go jags (laughs) 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.